Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 136th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site and one of your hosts for this episode, uh, an episode that's going to take us uh, to the the realm of Lucasfilm, but not what you're thinking. It's not a Star Wars podcast, I know. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, it's actually going to be about two other Lucasfilm properties. We're going to start off talking about the trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We'll talk about all that shortly. And we're also going to be talking about the new Disney Plus, I know, surprise, surprise, series Willow. So before we get into that, let's do a little housekeeping, tell you what's coming up. This is going to be our final like regular episode where we're talking and reviewing because we're going to be going into our holiday three episode holiday spectacular next week. We'll be talking about the 1978 Star Wars Christmas special. We will have uh, at least one special guest from uh, our Star Wars past, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, Then the following week, uh, Amanda, myself, Tyler McCarthy, and Alex Marcus will be talking about Die Hard because Alex decided I've seen every movie ever but Die Hard. So we're going to we decided to get him in the Christmas spirit. And to do that, and we're closing out the year with the first ever socially distanced awards. What are those? Well, those will be uh, really weird categories that uh, we're going to come up with to nominate pop culture events and things that have happened this year um, and throughout the podcast itself. So we will have a plethora of guests on that, including my co-host who joined us this year and will be remaining with us in season three, which is chock full of awesomeness. And, you know, it's less than a month away, actually. I'm sorry. Season four, not season three. Um, We are going to be chock full of awesomeness, starting out with the Cornetto trilogy rewatch, doing a lot of rewatches next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, of course, you know, her as the human star Wars encyclopedia, Amanda Rivas. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Again, this has just been, this has been so much fun. I just, I love chatting all things like nerd. It's just so, it's, I look forward to this every week and um, I'm just, thank you again for having me. I am excited to chat Willow um, and of course to talk about this trailer. Uh, So, I I mean, I'm excited to be here with you and with our next fabulous guest. If there was like SNL has the like five time guest award where you get like a like a a jacket. Well, if we could give this man a jacket, it'd be a pullover. We'd probably give him a koozie uh, with a beer in it because that would be really mean if we we didn't. We just were like, hey, fill it yourself. Uh, He is the number one commander of our hearts. And let's just say it. He's the mad Mardigan of this podcast. Ben Murkison. uh, we're, We're talking 1980s. Mad Mardigan, not the, really? not the, you know, we can't find him. Mad Mardigan uh, of the series Willow, right? The uh, the Val Kilmer is everything cool in the world. Mad Mardigan, and uh, you know, if you're going to give me something to commemorate my time on the podcast, maybe you could get me a nice tie. I could get you a nice tie. Like our team's tied. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's right. Ben's Washington Commanders tied my very injured New York Giants 
decimated with injuries. I hope you're proud of yourself. Um, so yeah, you know, listen. You, you could always get him a mug if we could uh, find that mug. Oh, we could find that really <laughs> shitty Washington mug that has the state of Washington on it with the W, not you know, the greater DMV area um, where they play. Uh, so let's uh, get out of football. We'll be talking football again next uh, next year, uh, talking about the big game because we can't say the name of what it is. Uh, but hopefully one of our teams will be in the playoffs. And I hope one of those teams is not the Dallas Cowboys because no, you had me for a moment there. I, I, oh, I, thought I don't, I can't, or, well, you know, you're going to, you know, listen, you know it's not going to happen. So let's let's just get to, let's just get there. Um, we are going to talk about something awesome. We are going to talk about something that I think is guaranteed to at least be better than the last film of this series, uh, and that is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. First off, this trailer we had heard Indy Five was coming for years. Now, originally, you know, we had heard Harrison Ford was going to pass the mantle on to. Shia LaBeouf. Well, thank God that didn't happen. Uh, and then it was Chris Pratt where we heard that thrown around and they decided, you know what? Let's just bring Harrison Ford back at 90 to do this. And here we are dropped uh, last week. Uh, I actually held up a food line in Disney's Hollywood studios because I was watching the trailer. They kept calling my order and I said, one second, please. I'm watching the Indiana Jones trailer. And people were like, just pick up. Wait, is there an Indiana Jones trailer? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there is. It's great. You're just, you're just going to have to watch it. So we watched this trailer the day of. We talked about it in our group tra- chat along with Al. So, guys, I just want to get your opinion. Before you saw this trailer, how did you feel going into Indy- Harrison Ford in his 80s, legit in his 80s? playing Indiana Jones once again. Ben, I feel like at one point in your life, you did either cosplay or dress up as Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones for a Halloween party or just to go to work, um, which I approve of. Uh, And you're in Arizona right now, which is where, of course, you know, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade opens up. So um, I hope you got the sheriff. What were your expectations uh, heading into this trailer? You know, (laughs) because with, you know, senior citizen Harrison Ford at the helm. I mean, you're you're obviously you mentioned that you're very scared based off of how the last film went. Uh, So you're coming into it uh, with a lot of trepidation. Um, I think I got a little bit less concerned because I saw some clips, too, uh, before this trailer dropped. He's already going to be in the new like Yellowstone spinoff and he's riding a horse and running around in that a little bit. So I was like, okay, it's still possible. He's still got it. Um, I was a little surprised, you know, that he was going to be coming back for, for this or anything action oriented, but uh pre-trailer. Um, yeah. A little, little scared, a little scared just based off of being hurt in the past. Amanda, your thoughts. Uh, pre-trailer. I had low expectations for sure, because again, like everybody else, the last movie was, yeah, um, it was a LaBeouf, all right. Um, so I just, I just really, I I went into it with low expectations. I'm like, you know, Harrison's older. He's officially 80. So he might've been in his late seventies when he filmed this still not young. But I mean, but to be fair, he's still he's still mobile thank goodness at his age and like you know in general and like you know i mean he's still doing his stunts he's still in great shape 
Um, he looks good still. So, I mean, I, you know, I was, I was nervous because my thought was, are they going to try to have somebody, somebody at his age, try to do all these ridiculous stunts to where it's not believable anymore. And that, that it's just going to age the indie character even more and take, take what makes him so special, you know, away. Um, so I, I went into it with lower expectations, but I feel like the trailer, this new trailer helped me out a little bit, a little bit more. I actually wasn't, the only thing I was concerned about is, oh God, I hope he doesn't break something because let's th- face it, the past few years, Harrison Ford has had multiple planes, uh, a plane crash. Hurt, he I, he broke his it, shoulder, I think it's or his collarbone on this did shoot. He get hurt even doing this right. This is, yeah, this I think it was collarbone. Right. Yeah. 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 And sometimes on Star Wars too. Like he's just, he's yeah, going to he get hurt at this point. <laughs> he's yeah, I, yeah. So for me, I actually was kind of heartened by the fact that they were going back for one more. Cause I'm like, you know what? Odd number Indiana Jones films are often good. One in three Raiders and last crusade. Pretty good. Temple of doom legend of the crystal skull. Not so much. Uh, I better if you're going to defend Temple of, Temple Doom, of Doom, yes, I don't defend it. Oh, don't defend it's it. got come. it's got a lot of positives. We're gonna okay, so we're doing a rewatch of all the Indiana Jones films next year. You're going to be on Temple of Doom to defend this <laughs> damn movie that. because <laughs> I don't I don't believe you for a second. I don't believe you like this movie. I think you're just being a contrarian. Um, I think you're just being a, a silly goose. Uh, so I was like, you know what? It's the fifth movie, and I feel like this is Harrison Ford, much like when he came back as Han Solo. I'm like, okay, he's coming back to finish business. He's just like, I'm going to close things out the right way. And I'm like, also, he brought in Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen. And I'm like, okay, those are very talented people. Although Kate Blanchett is also very talented. She's won a lot of stuff uh, and probably we and might win Best Actress again this year. So I, I was I was more positive heading into this for once in my life. I was positive about something. I was like, OK, I, I have hope here. So we see in the trailer, the de- the Dial of Destiny. Gotta say, what a dorky name. That is just I feel like that's like an audio book like adventure. That like they're like okay, Dennis Quaid. We're gonna have you. You're sort of Harrison Ford. We're gonna have you just read the book and it's, be Indiana. It's like the Doctor Who random yeah. adventures on audio, where it's just like okay, this is not real. It's like that cheesy retro. It reminds me of like a Hardy Boys or a Nancy Drew type of title. Yes. In a weird way, like a very almost kid friendly almost like uh trying to be kid friendly type title it's like indiana jones and the secret of the swamp you know it's like all right it's weird uh but it's a dorky name but i thought it was going to be spear of destiny based off because that actually had some lore with it and i thought i even said that it was going to be like one of the titles at some point but then when i saw the actual title drop i was like oh never mind yeah it was about it was about the spear that pierce Christ, yeah, uh, Jesus, yeah, 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 and because that I've definitely seen there were Indiana Jones books or rumors of a new one, and they were talking about finding Noah's Ark, UFOs, and the spear. And it still might be about the spear, we have no idea what the dial of destiny is. Um, so let's just get into it about our thoughts on the trailer. Ben, you've watched it, I'm sure you've watched it more than once. Overall, how are you feeling now as opposed to when you, you know, before you had watched it? Uh, are you more confident going into this movie that you want to see in theaters or is this like 
Ooh, uh, Disney Plus sounds like really much cheaper and good. <laughs> no, I just like with all the Star Wars movies, even after a certain point, I was a little scared about some of those. I still see them in theaters based off of like nostalgia and respect for a character. I got to do it on the big screen. Um, I like from the trailer, there's some pros and cons for me, some things I'm scared of and some things that look really exciting. Uh, solid doing the opening um, is really, really cool. It, you know, sets the tone, like you recognize the voice right off the bat and then they show the character and you're already super excited because just like him bringing back Marianne for the last movie, she added a lot of like authenticity to that made it seem like Indiana Jones and he kind of does the same for this off the bat. Um, there's like the de-aged uh, Harrison Ford clip. Oh, right. He actually looked pretty good, I think. I mean, you yeah. only see it for like a second, but he looks pretty good. So hopefully that, you know, that explains some of I think we talked to one podcast where there was like some theories about like time travel being involved. So I'm hoping that it's just a de-aged Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones in the past and then kind of bouncing around, but we'll see. Um, there's some really cool shots with like him grabbing his hat and he got the music. He's got the whip out at the end and the guns pulled on him. That's kind of a running joke throughout the series. So there's, right. there's a lot of stuff to love. Um, I can already tell I'm going to absolutely hate the car change sequence and I'm going to absolutely hate him on a horse uh, riding through the subway because it just looks out of place and ridiculous. I hope it's not as bad as the jungle car chase with the sword fighting and the monkeys and the jungle. And like the ants. Yeah. If, yeah. And the ants. If it's that bad, then it's, it's going to go off the rails again. But I'm hoping it's a very short time period and maybe it looks better than it seemed in the trailer. But I just wish that they would get back to normal things like fighting on top of tanks. That was more exciting. I don't need well, there, there was fighting on top of a train. That definitely happened sure. uh, for me. I was I was heartened. I actually liked the New York stuff because I was like, it was New York. It was the 60s. It's America. It, it it fits like there's always that stuff that happens in America with Indiana Jones. None of it's usually that important, but I'm, I actually am OK with it. Like Boyd Holbrook is in it. Uh, if you don't know Boyd Holbrook, he was in uh, Sandman. He was one of the. Uh, uh, villains in Sandman. He was awesome in that. I can't remember his name of that though. Uh, but he uh, also was in Predator. Yeah, like uh, the, the the Shane Black written Predator. So he's he looks to be some sort of villainous character. Um, I don't mind. Like, listen, if John Wick can ride a horse through New York and shoot dudes on motorcycles, Harrison Ford has earned the right to go through a subway like on the money train with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. No one's made a money train reference in 25 to 30 years. And I'm glad I've done it. Um, JLo doesn't even admit she's done that movie and that's okay. I get it. Woody Harrelson was wearing a weird beret and it. it's, it's weird, but anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, I, I'm very heartened by, and you put Mads Mikkelsen in it. And we have Antonio Banderas randomly in this movie. And I'm just like, who is he? What is this? And uh, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge looks to have, they have a, seem to have a good chemistry in the trailer. So everything they've shown me is way better, I feel, than the trailer for Crystal Skull. And I just hope they, Ben, like you said, I just want to see fights on tanks. I want it to, the spirit of that, just keep it simple. Because that's when it's like, he fights Nazis, something spooky happens, big action, funny shit. Sal is awesome. That's what we need. We don't need triple turns and all the stuff that happened with Ray Winstone's character. Like, it just is kind of absurd. Um, but Amanda, what did you feel about this trailer? And uh, and how do you feel now heading into summer 2023, which 
is only Christ. It's only six months from now. This movie's coming out. Um, so, you know, how are you feeling? I feel better after watching it again. I liked the tone, the, the, I, I also feel like the setting just was very appropriate to age Harrison Ford the right way and to, to show that yes, Indiana Jones is older now. And this is, this is about the right time period, the right setting. I mean, you have Mads Mikkelsen and oh my gosh, as soon as he was announced, I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> He's so good in everything that he does. Um, whether it is a small part or whether it's again, something like Hannibal, which is fantastic, by the way. Oh, it's um, the best show. It's amazing. If, if y'all haven't seen it, watch Hannibal. Um, and I mean, so you have this, this, this new villain now. So it's, it's, oh my gosh, it's going to be fantastic. Um, and I mean, just the, the little things that make Indy so great, you know, the, the one-liners, the, you know, the, the, the whip scenes, all, I mean, even some of the stunts, although I do agree, I really feel like I hope they keep it simple for multiple reasons. I mean, the, the first of all, we know the formula works, you know, with simplistic action, the one-liners, um, you know, just, and then the big action sequence. I mean, those things are what make indie work and indie special. I also feel like if you go too much with the action again, who's going to believe that somebody in their now 80s can fight that way? <laughs> So you really have to you really have to keep it a little bit more realistic, and that's what I'm I'm hoping that they do. The horse scene, I can I can see that happening. Um, you know, again, he's still in really great shape. The car scene is a little bit. I'm like, ooh, I just hope they don't push that too much. <laughs> I hope they don't push that too much because again, that that's when it starts becoming unbelievable that there's somebody who's 80 years old that can do that. If you if you, if it's out there, great. The kudos to you guys, but. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone only. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh. But Sylvester Stallone, though, um, <laughs> the normal 80-year-old person. I mean, I can barely find my keys. I close, I like throw my back out, closing like <laughs> the sliding door, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, but I I really, I enjoyed it. Um, I like the the chemistry, the dialogue so far. And I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot more promise here than Crystal Skull, for sure. It well, seems a lot more intriguing. So I, I, went, I would, I'm like Ben, I would go see it in the theater. I found some of the plot on Wikipedia, and it has to do, let's just say it has to do with the space race, 1969, the Russians, the Nazis, moon landing. Good. I'm here. All right. Great. Fantastic. Let's make that happen. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like stay tuned for pop, uh, socially distanced and pop breaks coverage of Indiana Jones 5 because it's like, Listen, this is going to be the last one. He's also, don't forget, Harrison Ford is also now in Marvel, too. So this man is, this man is, he's he's going out. He's not going to do the uh, cry macho Clint Eastwood way of going out. He's 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 making money to end yeah. his career. Um, I will say, too, it's kind of funny, like in the, the trailer, you know, the voiceover where he's talking about, like, I don't believe in magic. Like I've seen some things I can't explain. It's like, bro, like you seen some crazy shit. What do you mean you don't believe in you like, drank magic from the, or the supernatural? You drank from the cup of Christ. I was about like, to say he <laughs> might have dementia in this one. I don't know, and he doesn't remember whether that really happened or if he just imagined it. Maybe that's what's going on with him at this point. Oh, let's 
Let's hope that's not. Yeah, let's it. hope it's not the turn that they take. Just like, wow, well, you know, not. yes. I think a lot of people. I, I know I'd be upset if they I'd be like, that oh. that'd be a cop out. <laughs> the whole th- the whole thing is just Phoebe Waller Bridges and his goddaughter. It's like she's really the nurse, and it's all in his head, and that would be terrible. Oh, it's Shutter Island all over. <laughs> oh, oh no! Fuck. Spoilers for you oh. who didn't see Shutter Island. It's actually an Indiana Jones movie. Who knew? Because <laughs> <laughs> I also am trying to, you know, off, uh, like not tell you what the spoilers oh, for oh, Shutter yeah. Island is because you should see that movie it's very good um let's get to oh does this not work uh let's get to the main event though let's get to willow a new disney plus series because we love talking about disney plus on this podcast um of course this uh this is based off the late 80s movie that uh ron howard and george lucas put together starring originally warwick davis who uh, I feel was like a teenager when he did this movie. Because uh, I was like, how, how old is he? He's in his 50s. He was born in 1970s. So he was like 18 when he did this movie, which is really wild. Uh, so he's he was in the original movie. Val Kilmer was in it. Uh, Joan Wally, who later became Joan Wally Kilmer. Um, and uh, now here it's uh, a high fantasy epic. And also Kevin Pollack, who can forget that character. But here we are now, Willow, the series, which dropped sl- just shortly after um, Thanksgiving. Um, and I'm pulling, I'm stalling so I can pull up the cast list for everyone. Okay, Warwick Davis obviously is returning. Erin Kellyman, uh, who you might remember from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, plays Jade. She's in the cast. Tony Revolori uh, from the Grand Budapest Hotel and the Spider-Man films. Uh, Ruby Cruz. Um, Ellie Bamber, uh, who is in uh, Nocturnal Animals and the BBC One uh, adaptation of Les Miserables, uh, as well as uh, Amar Chada Patel, Dempsey Brick, um, and a uh, Joan Wally does make a return, and Ralph Innocent, who you might know from Game of Thrones and The Witch, uh, is also starring in this one. So, guys, let's talk about our relation. We talked a little bit about this post-D23 when we saw the trailers. Let's talk about our relationship real quick with the film Willow. Uh, For those who don't remember, this movie scarred me as a child because the opening scene, which they flash back to in the first episode, where there are huge wolves chasing down this woman and a child, and it kills them. And it is scary for a seven-year-old to watch. And I almost wet my pants because I was also very sick when I was watching it. Um, I eventually did watch it off a VHS tape of uh, from Channel 11 uh, in New York. And uh, yeah, I saw it and I loved it. But I probably have not gone back to this movie in the last 25 years easily but i did like it and i but i was a little surprised to hear it was coming to series form because i'm like were were we asking for this apparently some people were so ben let's let's get back to you about your relationship with willow the film similar to yours uh it was it was a childhood favorite of mine definitely had it recorded on vhs tape um and it was one of those that was definitely had some too scary for small children moments kind of throughout it, which I think it's those types of movies that you watch as a kid that stick with you more than anything. So that's probably why it's such like a big part of, you know, our lives now. And uh, we still remember those. Um, I remember Sorsha, the Joey uh, Wally character was ridiculously beautiful to me as a kid too. Big crush on her early on. And then Val Kilmer is who I wanted to be when I grew up, uh, not just for this, but pretty much every role that he did around that time period. Uh, he was just a complete 
badass and everything that he was in. Um, I remember the the limited like CGI capabilities made some of like the monsters look a little ridiculous at times. Uh, and that some kind of comes off comical now when you think about like the trolls and the dragons and whatnot in the movie. Um, but because there was limited CGI, they had to use so many like practical effects and like real sets that it had like an authentic feel to it. I think that's what really set it apart from a lot of those other fantasy movies uh, and some of the stuff that even we see today. So I was always a big fan. I've rewatched it a bunch of times throughout my life. It has probably been a couple years since I watched it the last time, but uh, I was excited about this coming back. I think like we talked about before, it was a uh, definitely a childhood favorite um, we'll get into what I think about it now that I got it, <laughs> but I did want it. Amanda, your your thoughts on all this, and uh, uh, pardon me while I uh, partake in a beverage. So uh, please take over hosting duties while I go do that. Sounds good. Um, I think if you were a kid in the '80s, you were terrified of this movie at certain points. <laughs> like everybody said, I mean, again, that opening sequence, um, you know, with the I think they were called the Death Dogs. That was terrifying. And then, um, so I remember getting this at Blockbuster way back when <laughs> on VHS and watching it because it looked interesting. And um, the, the death dog scared me. The trolls, even though they looked cheesy, the sounds they made, yeah. that was one of the creepiest sounds. And then, of course, this monster that grows from the spell. I mean, just the visuals on that. Where it was, it was creepy, and you know, the, the, yes, the graphics are a little dated, but at the same time, I was like, "Wow!" As a kid, you're just like, "What just happened here?" Um, but I loved it. I just really, I feel like it's a very typical '80s high fantasy that you really don't see anymore. I mean, you look at like the Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, and I think this was just a really, I feel like this is like a culmination of that genre and that time frame. And I've watched it off and on over over the years. I actually rewatched it before watching the show because I needed to refresh. I wanted to refresh and then you know refresh my memories. But then also, it's such a good movie that how can you not watch it again? Um, I mean, I agree, Ben. I thought uh, Joanne Wally was really beautiful as well. I was like, she's she's just uh, just naturally very very beautiful. Um, and I was crushing on Val Kilmer over here. <laughs> Dashing that one again. I'm like, hello. <laughs> um, and just the chemistry between them in this movie was was so was so good. Like you just, it was just such a natural. Because I think they got married after this movie. If I'm, if I'm, it was right. the first movie I ever watched. From like, these people want to make out with each other in yeah. real life. I was like, like, they really like each other. <laughs> <laughs> stuff's happening here. Can someone explain this to me? And my dad's like. I'm not going to explain this to you. And I think that was the first time in my life I wanted a wand because that wand that he has with looks really cool. That's um, I feel like you wanted a wand at a much younger I, age. Yeah, I I just it just looked really cool. But I mean, it was it was such a well done. And again, I, I'm glad I was able to rewatch it before watching the show because I just it just really gives you an appreciation of just how good fantasy was and how well done and how well executed fantasy was in the 80s. Um, and you don't have that as it's, we're starting to get that back, you know, with house of dragon and some of the other the shows that we're watching, but you really don't have those hallmark movies anymore. Like we do in the, like we did in the eighties. And so it was, it's just neat to have that sense of appreciation going, Hey, I'm glad I got to see this when it actually came out kind of thing. Um, but I, I the one you definitely like unlocked a core memory from a childhood. Cause I remember with the acorns, I would like collect acorns and throw yeah. them. <laughs> like, that was basically like cosplaying that. Uh -huh. I totally forgot about doing that. Uh, 
We thought he cosplays as Val Kilmer. He really cosplays as well. I think you guys should do it. I'm just saying. And you you and Allie, just saying. It's a cosplay idea. Bring it back. Wow. Ben's like keeping that one in the back yeah. of the memory bank. Uh, it'd be great in like a year. We see it at Halloween. We're like, yes, he did it. He He's gonna throw it. an acorn at us. Is what's gonna happen? <laughs> he, does, he, both. he just mails it to us. He's like, <laughs> with it, with with a with a note that says, "You were right," and we're like, "Yeah, all right, we got him." Um, now, for those, uh, so Ben, uh, Amanda, you watched this. Um, how, how did you feel that the rewatch really helped you appreciate the series? Or did it, because for me, it really didn't matter. I felt like they had enough uh, flashback for me to like really be like, okay, yeah, oh, Alora Dan. And well, thanks for bringing up my childhood scarring memories. Like, thanks, guys. Um, you know, and uh, that we saw Matt Mardigan. It's like, oh, no. The pack is, he's got an acorn. You know, I remember that. Like, is this like, did watching the film help you appreciate the, the series more? I, I really think that Disney did a good job of, of giving the flashbacks. I mean, it, it was to the point where it's, okay, if you saw the movie, you got, you understood the flashbacks. But I also think it did a good job of not going too much into the flashbacks. Or if you hadn't seen the movie, it, it made you want to go see the movie. Um, but then also it kind of rounded things out for people who either haven't seen it in a really long time or maybe even haven't seen it. And they're like, oh, okay, I get the gist of it. I can watch the show. Um, so I really didn't feel like it benefited me to watch. I think it actually hurt me a little bit. And we'll talk, yes, <laughs> we'll talk we will about t- that. We will talk about that. Ben, how about you? Did you feel that the flashbacks really did a, a solid job catching you up from, you know, a few years of not seeing the film? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, like I think like some people were talking about, you could technically watch this without having any, you know, back knowledge. I think it adds a bit, you know, knowing the backstory and they're bringing up all these characters and places and events, so you can kind of touch on that. But um, they gave enough of it up front where you have those vague memories, like, oh yeah, that happened, that happened. Okay, this is where we're at. Let's get with it. So I think they did enough. And and like Amanda says too, if you were interested in that, you wanted to get some of the backstory, maybe people are going back and watching the movie for the first time. Um, so that's hey, good too. The, the, you know, Disney Plus and that like, hey, you finished watching the episode. Guess what? Here's the movie now. And it's just like, ta-da. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, and we talked about our expectations kind of already with the series. Uh, mine were low. Mine were like, okay. This is a fantasy show that seems fun. Um, it's not on the same level of hype for me as Lord of the Rings or House of the Dragon, even though I haven't finished Lord of the Rings yet. Um, like a douche. Uh, but did were you guys have a, at a high level here for expectations? Or was this just like, hey, this is what I'm going to watch, but like not like top. We weren't chosen for it. Amanda, were you really hyped for this show? I can't remember. I was excited. I mean, I, I think I was surprised because it was one that I agree. You said it earlier that d- did anybody really ask for it? I, I didn't. The movie was fine on its own. I loved the movie. I was like, please don't make any sequels to it. Leave it alone. It's a great standalone movie. Um, but when they announced the show was coming, I'm like, okay, like this is unexpected, but I, I'm going to check it out. I mean, they're bringing back Warwick Davis. You know, they're bringing back Joanna Wally. I'm like, I don't know what y'all are going to do about Val Kilmer, but I'm sure y'all will address that. Um, and just, you know, so it was it was intriguing. It was enough for me to go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a shot. But was I clamoring for it? Was I asking for it? No. Because, again, I loved the first movie. It was just brilliant on its own. And it's one of those where I'm like, again, I can go back and watch it a million times, and I'm, I'm, I love it. It's great. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was one of those that needed a sequel or needed anything else. It's just great on its own. So I was surprised. Um, but my expectations were low coming into it. I was, I, it wasn't something where I was like, oh, I need to watch, um, you know, this, like, and or. It was not, it was right, not something right. I could miss. Um, yeah, it's one of those where I'm like, oh, I, I could catch up on it later and be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Ben, uh, how about you? I know, like, we were all, like, I mean, we were all very spoiled this year, especially within the past, with, like, late summer, like, August through September, just the premiere on premiere on premiere of just all these prestige shows was willow high on your list or because like you said you love the movie as a kid um yes. you threw acorns at people um did you, you know <laughs> where you would love were, were you like yes yes i i am all in on this not random people just to be clear i wasn't just tossing acorns at random people well that's uh, a, that's a bummer i had that image i like that your image would have been just walks around with like a handful of acorns just chucking with people in the grocery <laughs> store i mean that could be something that he would do yes, that's exactly better just sorry. like your you little, know what your sweaty little fists can we like I don't ah. want to ruin that for you then let's go back and assume that that's what happened <laughs> Uh, I, the local piggly wiggly throwing acorns to people while they're trying to pick up their bacon. It's great. It's just been, don't worry about it. He uh, saw Willow again oh, last it's, night. It's, it's the Murkison kid. It's, he's it's, fine. Everybody's calling me Peck in town. I don't know why. It's like, <laughs> um, so, because I love the movie so much uh, and I thought it was a lot of fun, I was like generically excited for this because give me more of anything that I love and it sounds good. But at the same time, I tried to have zero expectations because to me, so much of what made Willow work was Val Kilmer's performance and that character and knowing that he probably wasn't going to have any involvement with this um, made me, you know, very questionable as far as how this was going to go. Right. Uh, and and for, it's for people who don't know, Val Kilmer wasn't in this because this was filmed during the pandemic and he had just had surgery for cancer. So they were like, hey, don't be in this. Better you're not. Yeah. There are other people in this. We haven't got to yet. Then that was announced at Comic Con. Uh, I don't think I really want to bring that up. We all know who it is. We're not going to bring it up because I don't want to ruin for anyone who hasn't seen it yet or doesn't know the news. Because I think that would be a good reveal. But yeah, there is no Val Kilmer in this. Although Man Martian is referenced a ton. Yeah. Uh, um, and to our knowledge, there's still the potential that his character could return should they continue this down the line. Maybe Val Kilmer's health changes, but you know we'll see how it goes. Um, I will say that. I don't know. It's um, if they could have brought this move back, this show back, maybe like 10 years ago or whatever the time frame was, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Val Kilmer, I would have been so all oh in on this. Oh my God. Because yeah. that was still Val Kilmer like, at his peak for me. He was so good in that movie. If you could have had him and filmed this back then, like you had so much more that we would have been going for it. There's always going to be like a piece of this. Even if the show is good, it's going to be a little bit missing if he's not involved. I, I I wanted to bring up a hit on that point where you were saying like 10 years ago or X number of years ago, this would have been with Val Kilmer too. I really think the hype level had this been within the first wave of Netflix really starting to do original films and stuff like that. I feel like the hype level for this would have been so high. People would have been, and now we're just super saturated with IP like nostalgic IP that people are like, oh Willow, that's cool. But like pre-Disney Plus, let's just say, if this was on Prime or Hulu or um Netflix, people would be like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Or HBO made a series out, or stars. Stars would have been the perfect home for that. Stars would have been like, yes, we're making this a series. I think people would have been so much more hyped for it. But because it's just like 
on one of many for Disney Plus, I think the luster came off of it just a little bit for me, at least. Amanda, what do you think about that? I think you bring up a valid point. I mean, the nostalgia I do burnout. That sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the nostalgia burnout is a is a thing. Um, and I mean, there's so much we've talked about. This is some of the other shows that we've we've reviewed here. Um, there are some great shows out there. I mean, just some great, there's some great television. It's a great time to be a nerd. Um, and watch all the fun things, but, um, and I'm sorry, guys, y'all are here. It's not three of us in the background. (laughs) It's it's your Laura Denon. It's okay. I know. I know. Um, but at the, but I mean, just there's such, I think an oversaturation of great TV that you, you're having to prioritize and there's not, there's great TV and there's not enough time in the day to watch all the great TV. Right. So you have to really prioritize what you're going to watch. And I think for other pe- for people right now, again, you've got, even though they've already come out, but I mean, you're, you're rewatching, you know, Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, you know, you're kind of going to the awards time and or um, Sandman. I mean, so now that there's the award season coming up, those shows are popping up again in people's minds and in people in the media. So you're going to have people that are going to go back and rewatch. You're having new shows coming out already. Um, and, and so it's very easy for something like Willow to get lost in in that especially and, when we were talking about offline is like we, we're like man house of the dragon feels like five years ago yeah. like we can't like we talked about boba fett and obi-wan that, those happened this year and it feels like forever ago like it was a long year with so much content but that yeah. i feel like maybe we've just had a content burnout and now everyone's like can we just open christmas presents and eat cookies for the rest of december which my answer is yes yeah, I'm here for it. But I also think, too, with Willow, it it had such a niche audience, I feel yeah, like, too. Yeah. And that it's not Lord it, of the Rings. Right. It's not as it's not as well known. It's not as you know, it's like it's not like it's it's not huge, like Marvel, like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars or a, you know, even Star Trek or, you know, something that's a bigger franchise, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, it's a niche. It's a niche movie. There's people I've talked to that they're like, no, I've never seen Willow. What is that? Or uh, that's the one with the dogs, right? Or that's, you know, Val Kilmer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not something people go back and watch regularly unless I, I sometimes feel like you have to really appreciate the fantasy genre to go back yeah. and watch it. And a lot of people don't. They don't. They, they're people even under 30. Them. Like who would have yeah. seen this under 30? I don't feel like anybody. Yeah, I, I agree. I, honestly, I agree yeah. I don't, I don't know anyone under 30 who's just like, Oh yeah, Willow. I saw that. <laughs> you know, and and listen, I I really loved it, but I never went back to like I said I haven't gosh, I probably haven't watched this movie since I was in high school and I I just turned 41. So I mean like that's like half my life I have not seen this movie again. Ugh, yeah. That made me feel I think weird. I've seen it maybe like five or six times since and that's spread out like yeah. over the 90s maybe and that's sometimes because it was on tv um yes, or it was, it was on tv a bunch yeah it was on tv a bunch and i recently again rewatched it because of the show if it wasn't because of the show i don't know if i would have gone back and rewatched it not because i didn't like the movie but just there are so many other so much stuff to watch right now <laughs> yeah it makes more sense like we started this podcast with indiana jones we're like oh it's indiana jones one of the biggest movies of all franchises of all time span multiple decades wow awesome let's go back to that with Harrison Ford, you know, who's an iconic American actor. This is Willow with Warwick Davis, iconic American, iconic actor, 
don't get me wrong, because of everything, he's been in the biggest movies of all time, sometimes under heavy prosthesis or makeup, or I didn't walk, but like still, it just doesn't have the same resonance. Now, one thing I've noticed in our talk when we were talking about Willow, it's just like, yeah, I love the movie. But I have thoughts on the show. So just to set everyone up for this, um, I actually am enjoying the show. My expectations, like I said, were very low. And I there are plenty of things to, to, to nitpick about for me or to uh, complain about, I guess. But overall, to me, this is just easy breezy fantasy epic for me. Ben, I feel like you have a lot there's a lot in your soul right now that you need to bear and I'm here for it. And is some of your problem, the fact that we're watching a fantasy film and people are talking with American accents um, because that's the one thing that it's like Tony Ravori and Ruby Cruz are both like, Hey, we're from California. We're just from America. Guys, we're not from tears lane. We're not, we're not from this fantasy world. We're, we're in, I'm from New Jersey. Hi, you know, so hi. hi. What's up, dudes? We yeah. need to find a Laura Dannon. And you're just like, ah. Yeah, we're gonna make are... this TikTok and it's gonna be <laughs> trending. Yeah. You know what? I would not be surprised if all of a sudden in the middle of the show they started doing a TikTok. There's been so many like weird total shifts. I'm like, what the hell is going on now? Like, I don't get it. I mean, I'll throw out just one before we discuss, but like, did at some point she disappear to the forest and go into the wild, wild west or like a time Thank period you. where there's just like lumberjacks? I don't know what was going on with those Thank two women. You. And she ended up in Yellowstone. <laughs> it seems so odd. I was like, they're wearing blue jeans, like coveralls or something. I don't know what's happening right now. I'm very well, confused. Well, even the end credits, I feel like are weird. Like I'm, the third episode, for example, um, it's just a cover of Enter Sandman. Yeah. Which, and I'm just like, I know it's like, because I'm watching it, and it's just like, I know where we are. And it's just like, do, 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 do. And I'm like, no way, they're not fucking doing this. Yeah, oh, and they oh, they did. Yeah. They did. And I don't think it was a, a particularly awesome cover either. either. Uh, it is weird. So, yeah, Ben, your problem is that this show doesn't know what it is. It's it's all over the map. Uh, and I'm not I'm not even gonna say I am enjoying it, like as far as just That's such a yeah, enjoying it. Enjoy? I I like it. There's there's parts I'm gonna I do like burgundy. I'll check yes, I will <laughs> they wrote they wrote that on the teleprompter and I was required to read it. Um it's it's got things that I really do like about it, but yeah, totally it's kind of all over the place. Um it doesn't really know what it is. It's like it feels a bit campy at times. It feels like a B movie sometimes. Um, it's got like jokes that just don't land. Uh, there's only really one character that can make a joke in the movie and the show that actually works. And we'll kind of get into that. But yeah, I mean, as far as like the accents, it wasn't even that big a deal to me. I think it's more of just the the dialogue is a little bit too modern at times. And that kind of takes me out because there wasn't a lot of modern dialogue that I can recall. I haven't rewatched in a few years, but in Willow it seemed like they were trying to go with a medieval time style way of talking. Yeah. And this, sure. this just seems like, like you're talking about, like I'm in New Jersey right now and uh, there just happens to be castles and wizardry and whatnot going on. So yeah, that part takes you out a little bit. Um, I don't know how much you want to get into all the other like, oh, things that yeah, are wrong yeah. with it, but... keep keep going. Like, let's, uh, let's, can't stop, won't stop. Let's keep going. It, it reminds me a little bit about like Boba Fett, which is the part of Star Wars that I didn't like, where it's just like, let's just beat them over the head with nostalgia for stuff that they remember. Like, oh, you remember this? We're going to do that again. You remember this? We're going to do that again, but not as good. 
And uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just kind of meandering through this thing. Uh, and I don't know what they're doing a lot with it. It it comes off totally more like, and you guys talked about like uh, some of the House of the Dragon and, and Lord of the Rings. It doesn't come off like that. It comes off more like Merlin or uh, like Legend of the Seeker or like Rain, like some of those shows that were just on cable TV and they knew what they were. Um, I was expecting this to be, I don't know, to, not necessarily a serious tone, but uh, it has like elements where it's trying to be really dark, but then it's just stupid campy again. And like, especially the first episode was like so lighthearted and just la-di-da that I was like, what the hell is happening with this show? Please don't ruin it. But I love the movie and no matter what you do with this show, I'm still going to love the movie. So it's okay. Uh, it did bring me a little bit back aside from the denim, like as much as I love Ted Lasso and I'll watch, um, what's the actress's name? That was from Ted Lasso uh, that, that showed up and, and died quickly. Oh, with the played, uh, Hubert, right? Yeah. So her showing up, like I was like, this is a cool character. Uh, and then, Hannah Waddingham. See, and then it's like, you like her, you like this character. You want to be a part of the show? Boom, dead, done. We're not going to let you enjoy that either. Uh, and then we're just moving on. So, I don't know. I had a little bit higher hopes after like episode three, kind of the way that it ended. And there's a lot more nostalgia through characters that I do appreciate when they bring people back that, you know, that I think we'll see as it goes on. Um, but the first two episodes, I was very, very scared that the show was going to be something that I was going to hate. Um, I definitely see like that kind of late nineties, like syndicated fantasy show, like uh roar. I think that was a show with Heath Ledger where they were like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then it was like, or like Hercules or Xena. Xena, Xena it was yeah. very much where it very much felt like we're filming in Australia right now. Uh, we're in a very big field. We're filming every scene in this same field and you'll enjoy it. And it did, definitely felt like that it definitely felt like this is like a b movie and my think my big problem is i wish that oh i don't have that many problems i I actually do is um i changed my mind is i can do that i host a podcast is um i don't know what any of these characters want who are you (laughs) like the princess is like okay are you mad mardigan are you sorcia you're this weird in between nothing burger of a character who like doesn't like authority and you have a this girlfriend but you don't and then Erin Kellyman's character Jade kind of comes off like her character from Falcon and Winter Soldier where like you you need a pick a plot that you're going to do because you're picking every plot to do and you're giving the same performance from Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Then you got the, the one guy who's just like, I'm comic relief. Yep. And, and Tony Ravori is like, I'm I'm also comic relief. And then Willow's like, I don't want to do anything. And it's just like, and then Laura Dannon's like, I need to, I'm in love with this moppish, foppy haired guy. Look at him. He's sort of like the guy from the bear, but he's not. And he I was love like a him. total douche in the whole first episode. What a jerk. And he like proposes to her because like he doesn't want her to be mad at him. And I'm like, are, is she going to fall in love with Tony Revolori? Which I'm fine with that. Um, but it's like, I don't know, man. There's so much happening. That's just like, I don't know what anyone wants to do. Like, yeah. Amanda, I know you also said you had so many 
thoughts in your soul. So I'm just going to let you have the floor because there's things yes. here. So I said watching the movie hurt me and it did because <laughs> right the, the movie heart is reaching. so good. The movie is so, so, so good. You're, you're invested in the different characters you come across right off the bat. If you ask me like who I care about on the show, that is a new character. Nobody. They are so flat. Um, and it this show does give me Hercules and Xena vibes, which I love both of those shows. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I love Xena. Like, that's probably one of my favorite fantasy shows growing up. But I feel like this movie is, should, or the, the movie was such an epic high fantasy, and that's a completely different type of fantasy than sure. Hercules and Xena. It wasn't intended to be campy, or it wasn't, there's humor in it, but it was still, again, that high epic fantasy and you lose that in this i feel like this is a hipster i'm gonna I'm probably gonna be the harshest i think i've been on a show <laughs> but this is like a hipster version of of a movie that i love and i still love the movie like ben said he nailed it perfectly like just no matter what they do i'm gonna still love the movie um but the character development doesn't make any sense like you know you look at willow and he was yes this in the movie this kind of shy unsure trying to find himself character but you still loved him and he had these moments of courage and you're just you just got behind him watching him grow and now i feel like he's somebody's grumpy grandfather i'm here it's, like it, it's like he's like, trying to be yoda but also yes, but not, like the billy barty high elwin character but the the high elwin character though in the original movie was still a very warm caring like again willow just seems like he's kind of grumpy a lot and <laughs> and people i mean made fun of him for his facial hair when they did that in between stuff because that was they, awful that was, was terrible. terrible you know how we make you look younger we're gonna give you terrible facial hair yeah and as, and, as someone who's had facial hair for a very long time <laughs> and sometimes that facial hair was not very good because i didn't know how to make a goatee even even my worst goatee was better than whatever the hell that was yeah, it was bad. It was like they took Bon Jovi's hair and put it on his face. Yeah, and and it's just worst. <laughs> I'm here like please leave Willow alone. His character was great. Um but, but I, I do have to say there were moments that I enjoyed. Like I like the relationship he has with his daughter. And this oh like my God, I thought that it's was so awesome that's parts of the show. And I love of course that it is I believe the the actress is real like daughter. Yes, um, yes as it well. is. Same smile, everything. You just, she was great. Um, and then the actor they have for Silas, his friend, was was great too. Like you have these moments where they're, so those are the characters I care about. Now, of course. Um, um, well, one know, of them. Like, you know. uh, um, and, but I just feel like everybody else so far is very flat. There was and, also the great line where he's just like, I don't know, go shank a guy. Yes, I was here for that. I'm like, and then he went and did it, and it was great. Um, oh, he really, he really he did really shake did. the guy in the neck. It was like very visceral. Yeah, I was like, I am here for this. And and the other thing I didn't care for was the look of the 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 monsters and the villains. I feel like they were almost too modern, like a Harry Potter type. And again, it doesn't. If you go back and watch the original movie, the trolls were probably the most. Other than the death dogs, you had the trolls, and but the people were the scary part. You know, and, and kind of it was still the, the people were the base, like Bab Morta, you know, they did all the makeup on her and everything way back when she was creepy. Right. She was creepy. And I feel like to add these weird looking wizard people or sorcerers or whatever these guys are, the bad guys, they didn't need that. They didn't they, just need that. They felt like 
characters from Mordor and they were po- or part of Thanos's like cadre from from Endgame. It's just like, where did you guys come from? Or like just like any Resident Evil game. Yes. It's just like here's like there's the guy who can't see anything. He was in Silent Hill. Let's use him. And you're like, all right, cool, thanks. Um, I also feel like we have this relationship between Jade and the princess whose name's gonna just uh and kit and i'm just like okay this is an interesting thing we're gonna have uh, a queer relationship at the heart of the show and it's not the heart of the show and i'm just like what's happened like this is interesting this is obviously a forbidden thing because they can't they have to like hide everything and i i get like i actually liked kit's uh, the performance of kit in the first episode why she's so pissed off but now it just seems like they've they've immediately fallen out and i'm like i i don't like this because i actually would like to see this relationship flourish because it's it's very different especially from a disney product which which is people freak out over the smallest i mean gosh like black panther wakanda forever like that two second scene got the film banned in china and so but here we go full force between this relationship between two women and it's immediately like well, this does they're already at odds there's nothing here what do you guys think of the this creative decisions with this relationship i i thought it was weird to me just because like you said they pulled it apart so quickly it's like you want to see them like really bond and have this tight relationship but as soon as she mentions like oh so i'm gonna go train to be you know with this night for the first one maybe the first female night ever like it's a big deal hopefully you'd be happy for me and she's just like oh well screw you you don't care about me anymore i guess we're not a thing so it was weird to see it like broken apart so quickly. Um, but then you also mentioned like, uh, I wanted this to be the central focus. That's one of the big problems right now is like, I couldn't even tell you who the main character of the show is. Like, I'm not really sure. Like, it's just all over the place. I think it's all just a big ensemble and there's really not a lead necessarily. Well, and I, I feel yeah. I feel like the relationship, if they had kept it together, was intended to make Kit a stronger character. Like Jade would help her be a better person and be less selfish and accept that Laura Dannon is who she is. Um, and just, you wanted all of this, you want, you didn't want any of this responsibility and here's a Laura Dannon coming along. So you're off the hook. Technically the true empress is here. You should be happy. Why are you so angry? And so I, I feel like with Jade's character, I thought, and that that's how I took it from the first episode, she's going to help Kit be a better person. But then I'm like, why would y'all pull that apart? This makes no sense like i think for both characters they need each other to to develop and you want to root for them and you want them to to be better people like she's obviously you want jade to go become the first again female knight and she's going to do awesome things and you want kit to step into her power and you know but they just it's just the way they broke them apart already i'm like i already can't stand kit to be honest sometimes i would just wanted to punch her it's a dick yeah. yeah. And I'm sure and then, we all think that it's going to circle back around. They'll end up together or something. Yeah. I mean, sure. we know it's going to well, get there. Well, actually, one of them might die. Oh, that's well, possible, that too. Okay. Well, what? and then I didn't even realize the guy got kidnapped until I was like, oh, that guy's gone. Oh, oh that's, that 70s pop idol is gone now. I was like, uh, oh, that guy. I, 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 I also don't know how Elora Dannon becoming. And I can't think of Dan without thinking of yogurt because um, I'm very food centric is like, OK, so she we have to save the prince. But it's like, no, we need to train her. 
are we saving the prince or not? <laughs> because I don't know if we're heading towards him. Yeah, there's no sense of urgency to say, but do we really need to save the prince, though? Because I kind of I mean, we all know the answer to that. I know that's what the quest is about. But, yeah, it does seem very irresponsible to bring her along when that's what they really want, I think. So I didn't know if they kidnapped him to somehow bring about them going and like her showing up or they didn't know. I I don't even understand it. Well, I was shocked, too, that Willow just threw it out there, too. Like, oh, hey, by the way. And I was here like y'all had all the secrecy. And then Willow's like, oh, Laura Dannon, hey, and just uncovers the whole, the Very mark. Very true. And, and all the, I, I, I think I was sitting there when I watched that moment, I was sitting there going, what? Wait, <laughs> like- all this, all the secrecy, even from the movie, I'm like, y'all went through all these lengths to protect her. And then, oh, hey, what's up, Laura Dannon? We're going to just reveal you, reveal you to everybody. And. Here we are. You know what? Very shady characters that nobody really trusts yet. So it's why are you? I. You know what I had wished? I wish they had kept his daughter. That she was like following them. That's the one who I wished was following. And then somehow she gets in trouble. So we get more of that emotional thing there because the second, like, that's the most compelling relationship so far in the entire series. Like, but let's talk about things we like about the show because we can probably go on for a while. I uh, very much. Like our dude Thraxus Borman, he is probably the most compelling character in the show because he's very funny, he's very frank, uh, and um, he's pretty high on the action level. Like he is, he is essentially Mad Mardigan. Like he is the Mad Mardigan proxy here. What are you guys' thoughts on this um, uh, cleaver wielding uh, Colossus? Yeah, I, I think you're right to assume he's everybody's favorite character at this point. And yes, when I yeah. when I alluded to like the jokes never seem to land unless they're coming from one person, it's it's from him. Like almost everything that he says is funny. Uh, and maybe one joke at his expense where he's trying to tell this elaborate tale and gets just kind of over it. And he's like, I get why people call you Borman. That was pretty good. But other than yeah. that, um, he's... He has a lot of levels to him because obviously he's trying to replace the Mad Mardigan character. Him having the history with Mad Mardigan, having gone off as a squire, like on that, he's got all these kind of secrets that nobody else really knows as far as like what happened to Mad Mardigan's character, which makes him interesting too. He's clearly holding a lot of things back from Kit and probably the whole group. Um, He's a little bit shady. It still seems like there's a lot of things that he's doing for himself. And he was obviously locked up in prison and nobody really cared that much about him, but they didn't really go into like why he's been in prison and Okay, uh, so here's a question that I had. Was Sersha talking to him at one point? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she was like visiting him periodically, like in prison, you know, treating him like a human being. And then but like he's immediately, still away. but then immediately releases him right. to fight these demons or bad guys. We need somebody to defend the castle so you can be free now. Come help us like not die. So yeah, yeah. were they going to just put him back in prison like after that Unless happened? I don't know. Unless he's some kind of like, I feel like there's more to it because why would Sorsha talk to him so much? Yeah, I mean, well, she knows that he was the squire that went off with their husband, Mad Mardigan, on this quest to find this protective best thing. I don't remember what the name of it was. Uh, that was supposed to help them defend against the armies. They were eventually going to come, la-di-da. Uh, so, he, I don't know, he's, he was such an important part of the the realm and the family, but he's locked up in prison. So I don't know what the heck it was that he yeah. really did because they kind of made some just jokes about like, you're going like, to forgive said- that thing with the thing. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like there was like there is there's a lot of exposition. Like we often crap on exposition Jones episodes. 
on this podcast because we have like WandaVision and others we said it's just like and here's the exposition character we we desperately need that character in this film the only thing I could say is if you're in Willow when they meet Mad Mardigan he's locked up in a cage right so very similarly here's the new Mad Mardigan he's also locked up in a cage he's going to be released to come on this quest but guess what he explains stuff though like we get what he's doing yeah I also really liked that he is the Mad Mardigan character, but they explained why. Like, obviously, if you're a squire, you're a young kid going with this this person you worship or you idolize or you come to admire. So you embody those traits a little bit. So I thought that was a really neat little tie instead of just making him a Mad Mardigan character for the sake of having that character there. So I, I did appreciate that tie there, if you will, that relationship there, because it explains, yeah, you know. Yeah. You, you travel with this person, you're going to pick up those mannerisms. So that makes sense. we've mentioned a lot of things that really don't work for us in the series, which is a lot, to be honest. But how do you think it can be fixed? Because there are some good things here besides we haven't talked about. The effects here are pretty good. Um, the scenery is beautiful. And there is an overarching story here. And I, I do think that, I, and we haven't mentioned her, that Ellie Bamber is giving a pretty good performance here as a Laura Dan. And even though maybe her dialogue kind of sucks, she really is selling this character that should just be an absolute dumpster fire. Um, what do you think we can, uh, this show could do in the next, I think it's an eight episode series and the next five episodes really to make it salvageable for either a second season or just to be an enjoyable one season show. Ben, what do you think they could really do here to like, just kind of salvage what we've seen so far? Well, I think that they're starting to shift like totally a little bit. It seemed more focused towards the end of the third episode where Mm -hmm. there's the epic kind of battle. Um, You're not really sure whether or not Willow can do magic. And then all of a sudden, like he pulls out this, you know, great spell, uh, knocks everybody flat. And obviously he's still got it. He was kind of holding back. So that was cool to see, but apparently he's got limited magic uh, because his friend didn't even want to save him. Um, I think it's going to be more telling of that a little bit more. Like you talked about exposition, maybe more comes out about like the history of Matt Mardigan and and what went down there. I think we're going to get more of the nostalgic bits coming in the form of characters. Um, obviously, the brownies have got to show up at some point. So yes. waiting to see those characters get introduced. Kevin Pollack, as you mentioned, and the other actor's name who escapes me at the moment. But I know you can look that up if you want to. Um, so them coming in is going to be good. I just the main thing that it needs to do is to separate itself and become its own story. I think where the Star Wars uh, movies at some point, you know, kind of became repetitive. It's like we're retelling the same thing. The Emperor is somehow returned seems a lot like the plot of this one right now, where it's like somehow that same evil magic uh, that they tried to do in the original Willow has returned again, and they're trying to carry out the exact same plot. Uh, I want to see it separate and, you know, in some way deviate from that and become its own thing. Uh, you've got a host of characters, like I talked about, it's it's kind of weird that there's not, for me, like a main focus and like, uh, you know, the lead. Uh, it's just more of the ensemble. So I'm fine with that. Just just use that and and make it somewhat original um don't just lead down the, the same like tropes that the, the movie did and just relive all that stuff it needs to separate itself and hopefully hopefully it'll do that because it has so many more characters that can go off and do their own thing to, to make it different i think um you have to play into your strengths and i think your strengths right now are borman and i think you have to lean into him and i do think he could be a sacrificial hero 
or he, maybe we focus more on him. I think he's going to get found out that he stole whatever that thing is from the grave and almost cost uh, Kit her life because he was just trying to steal something. He wasn't. He wasn't looking for the 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 you know anything noble. He was looking for something that he could sell. Probably. Um, I feel like circle back to the relationship between Kit and Jade and make it real and palpable. And I think put Willow in danger. Like, I think this whole thing of him being trained by the magic, I think, could work. And then pick a fucking lane of what the story is. Are you saving David Cassidy from the Partridge family? Or is the Lord Danning going to save the fucking world? Like, give me just one one storyline. That's it. Um, that's all I want more. I think I broke Amanda with a David Cassidy <laughs> reference. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, it was the part of awesome. was on on syndication a lot when I was a kid a long time ago. Um, uh, um, okay, I'll come up with a couple more things while Amanda stops dying. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, and there is another character that's coming. There is a with a very notable actor that is coming in. And I hope that character means something. Uh, again, I don't want to give that away for people who don't know because that's it's pretty cool. Uh, so, um, Amanda, now that you've returned, um, what do you think they can do to make to improve the series? I'm still gonna. The next time I see this guy, he's gonna be David Cassidy in my head. He is. It's, it's, he's you're so David Cassidy. Spot on. <laughs> you're so spot on. I mean, even the outfit he was wearing in the first episode, I was like, so that's flowy. a very it's so, it's so Tiger Beat. It's yeah, ridiculous. yeah. So I'm broke. I'm broken. I'm okay now for the moment. Um, <laughs> that was great though. Um, I feel like focusing on or maybe having a more warmer relationship between Alora Dannon and Willow. Um, be good instead of just him barking orders at her and kind of getting impatient with her and vice versa, like them snipping at each other a lot. I mean, I think what made the first, the movie so special was just how, and he even references it. Like, you know, she used to look at me and like, you know, there's this wonder in her, you know, like she was quiet and she was, you know, and that, that was what made the relationship so special was that Willow loved her to go on this journey to protect her. So I think thawing out that relationship a little bit more, I'm hoping they'll go in that direction because I feel like that will help Alora unlock her magic. Um, I think revisiting that, that relationship that you, you carry from the first movie would help. Um, I also feel like, um, you know, it's, I don't know what they're doing with Graydon's character, but Tony Revolori is very flat in this too. And, and but I feel be. like he knows I, he shouldn't be. He's, he's, he's funny. Like he's, he's got a lot of talent, but he's very one dimensional. I think giving him more moments to um, be a little bit more brave and to see him start stepping up and being more courageous would be, would be good. Cause you kind of, you're rooting for him. You're kind of rooting for him. You want him to do well. Cause he's just this shy, quiet guy in the corner. Um, Didn't, was there a reveal? I know he got, we saw he got infected. But wasn't but, there a reveal that he had something on his chest or something like that, or there was he was scarred in some way? Or yes. Was that in the trailer? That was, an, I think, the scene where he saw the uh, the prince get kidnapped. Because I want to say maybe at that point he had a shirt open or something that there's a scar yeah. there, and I want to know why he knows this old language. Um, yeah. You know, too. He like, seems he to can, know magic too. He seems like, to know magic too, and I want to say even before he got stabbed. 
didn't the guy, so like Alora Dannon touches those, you know, touches those soldiers and they kind of light up. Didn't the same thing happen when he got touched, when he touched one of, or did I see that? Or did I make that up? <laughs> I'd have to rewatch it. Was hard but but he seems to know a lot about magic. And so I'm curious to see if he turns out to be a sorcerer too or whatnot. But I think like make his character a little bit more compelling um, because out of everybody, it's a shame. Um, I feel like, I think like he's going to end up, like he could end up being the romantic lead for Alora Dan and, and not. They got to step him up though. Yeah, no, I think. <laughs> he, give her, give yeah. her some better options because you either got like the douchebag pretty boy or like the very flat. I kind of like you, but I don't know, kind of, I'm not really rooting for either. I kind of, I, if, if she were my friend, I'd be like, girl, you can do better than those two. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She well, now that you know you're a Laura and you're kind of a big deal and everybody knows your name, you should certainly do better. You can certainly do better. You can certainly do better. But, um, but yeah, just, I, I, and I also feel like, um, you know, cause again, I think, I think improving the relationship with Willow and Alora is a, a good start. Um, I agree. Fixing you know, Jade and Kit, please. <laughs> they were one of the stable relationships here. Um, <laughs> for five, for five minutes. For five yeah. minutes. Um, but I also feel like trying to stop being so humorous and campy and really go, if they can go back to like that epic, those epic high fantasy moments and be a little darker. Um, I think that would be good. I want to see some death dogs. I want to see some more death dogs. Um, I don't. I don't. <laughs> had a brief I mean, appearance, Bill. Were you okay when that happened? Yeah. No. No, I wasn't. I'm still I was emotionally like, scarred. <laughs> thanks for bringing up old scars, you dicks. Yeah, but I, I'm waiting for <laughs> my brownies. You give me a good romantic uh, subplot here where you're going to scar me for life again. Uh, but, okay, so I think I, I was going to ask you guys, where does this stack up against stuff like Lord of the Rings and House of the Dragon? I think we already know it, it they don't it doesn't stack up at all but the big question here is we're both all three of us are three episodes in are we going to actively continue watching the series i'm gonna I go am- to episode five i feel like because it's the disney formula we've yeah. talked about this the disney formula where the the first couple episodes are kind of rough a little, a little uh, episode four episode five tends to pick up so i'm kind of hoping if i can make it to that point Maybe the series will turn around for me and then turn out to be like a real banger at the end. That'd be great. Maybe. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Cause I feel like I can, if it's a Wednesday show, I could still pick it up. And I feel like my plate is a lot outside of watching daredevil season one for my uh, bill versus the MCU podcast. I feel like I have the time to pick it up and watch it. Uh, but if it really slows down and it's just nothing, I could pull a Lord of the Rings and be like, I'll get back to it, which means I'm not getting back to it. Um, I will give it a few more episodes to see if it picks up because I think it has the potential. It it has all the bones right there. It just really has to find itself. Uh, Are you but- the bones, Bill? What's that? Are you reading the bones? Consulting uh, the bones. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, much like I, I failed the finger test. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Every time, completely beef it. Um, ben, are you going to actively continue to watch this series? Yeah, absolutely. I'll watch it till its completion. I'm, I'm, I'm bought in enough to the movie, and it has like that special place in my heart that you know, uh, this is not going to be, I think, ever on the level of that for me. But uh, it's entertaining enough. I've watched worse shows all the way to completion for sure. 
And I'm also one of those people that if I start something, if I get past the first episode, I'm going to watch it at the end because it'll bug me if I don't know where they eventually take it. There's very few shows I've ever been able to just stop, you know, cold turkey or with no intention of ever going back. So I'll watch it. And it is, in my mind, three was a big step up. Um, was, you know, if, yeah. we, if we were kind of rating them, those first two were middling and, and the third one was a little bit better level. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where they start to take it from here. All right, guys, if we had to, Al's not here to come up with some ludicrous, um, actually, if you have one, just please go for it. Um, uh, On a scale of one to 10. No one shanks. Exactly. You shanks. How many shanks you got? Uh, How would you rate the, the triumvirate, the first, the triumvirate of episodes of Willow? What would you give it? Uh, Ben, when do you start? What are you going to give it? Individual episodes, I was probably like a five, five, seven. So I'm somewhere probably around like a six as of right now, um, as the show as a whole. Yeah, I'm probably going to go five and a half, five and a half, six and a half. So I'm going to probably be in the six range, which is actually really low, I think, for me for for series. I, I, I like it. Like I said, it's like an easy breezy fantasy uh, a romp. A lot of problems with it. But like, again, I've... Man, I watched Moon Knight, guys. That was fucking rough. I watched the Book of Boba Fett this year. Exactly. I mean, that, that's yeah. it, we, we we went through that. So, I mean, like, it ain't that bad. Uh, and that was high. And my our, my expectations were super high on that. Um, so, yeah, I'm at, I'm at like a six. So, Amanda, what about you? I was him overall at a six or five and a half. Five and a half because I feel like episode one, five. Episode two, Five and a half, episode three, 5.75, I guess if I'm going. I don't know if I want to jump <laughs> to six yet. Um, so I guess like a five and a half overall. Again, I just, I'm really not, it's the nostalgia factor that's keeping me here. Um, and I love Warwick Davis. I do. I think, you know, and I love, you know, again, the relationship he has with his daughter. And and I feel like Alora has a lot of potential. Like she she's right there just um there and there's potential there's potential for the series to get better so but right now i'm not super impressed with it so i just feel like i got shanked watching the series after watching after seeing the movie and but again maybe i'd feel differently if i hadn't watched the movie at first (laughs) because the movie is so good um and again i just i feel like you know, again, I got shanked watching the show. <laughs> mm, you did. That is a point. If people are just picking up on this just for the show and they have no nostalgia for the movie, they're not going to keep watching unless it really picks up fast. So I don't know how many seasons they can get out of this. But yeah, they have to have like an epic comeback, like to make this happen. Like they yeah. really do. Because like, again, how many people under 30 watch that film, have that nostalgia for it? If you're just watching this cold, no one's likable. Right now, and we're basically to solve the faith of, you know, what Ron Howard and George Lucas did like in the 80s. So we shall see. So, guys, let's wrap up our final like review episode of 2022, which is wild to say, with uh, some pop culture and potentially some Christmas recommendations. What's some stuff people should be checking out, whether it's a show, a movie, a comic book, anime, a song, you name it, go for it. You know, I'll start out for you guys. Uh, I'm going to recommend the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. We talked about it last week, uh, a little bit of cheating, but I also did go on the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind last week, 
when I was at Disney. Jesus Christ, that is a fast roller coaster. You're in the dark. It's at least 100 miles an hour. The cart rotates. It it it, it hurt all my bones so much. Uh, I felt like Harrison Ford at age 78 in that car. Just every bone in my body breaking. But it was a good ride. Uh, but I love the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I just wrote a review. You'll see it up on the popbreak.com. It's a little bit of a bittersweet symphony for me because uh, it's really where this is one of our last hurrahs with this Guardians crew and with James Gunn uh, really at the creative helm of the Guardians. But again, it was awesome. Go watch it. If that was a little bit of cheating, I'll give you another one. Also on Disney Plus, my favorite thing to watch at Christmas, Mickey's Christmas Carol. I have been watching this since I was a wee lad, and um, it's just wonderful. It's a Christmas carol. It's, it's the first time we ever see Scrooge McDuck, and uh, it's just wonderful. It's like an hour. It'd be great. Watch it with your kids. Don't watch it. Don't, if you don't have kids, it doesn't matter. I can't tell you how many times I've had a couple drinks watching this and just get all nostalgic. But that's me, and I'm weird. So, Ben, uh, besides Washington Commanders football, uh, what would you recommend to the people? Well, because there's a bye week for the commanders this week, you have time to watch uh, other content. And as of right now, the only new Christmas thing that I've watched was uh, Spirited uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. I've heard so much about that. Yeah. It no, was, I'm lying. I've heard nothing I've about it. heard this. nothing about it. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it's a good pairing for those two. If you like, I mean, you said Mickey's Carol was like one of your favorites. It's the same story. You know, they've done it with the Muppets. They've done it with everything. So they're redoing it again. Now it's in a new age. Uh, but it's a lot of song and a lot of dance, but the songs are very catchy in particular one good afternoon, uh, which will, we talked about like some of the songs from guardians and Raiderhead. head, that one will get stuck in your head too. But, uh, overall it's, it's a cute movie. It's fun. Um, it's, you know, it's got a little edge to it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell together. And Ben, where can people find you on social media? I am at BD Murkison on Twitter and Instagram. And as I'm out here in Arizona and I've done a couple of epic hikes, I'm uh, absorbing content. So there'll be a lot of hiking pictures up on uh, my Instagram pretty soon. Nice. Uh, Amanda, uh, some recommendations on where people can find you on social media. Uh, well, on social media, I am primarily active on Instagram at Mandalorian and um, just Got back from a trip myself, so I got to hang out in a bubble dome in West Texas, and that was pretty cool. So <laughs> different, but very cool. Um, not yet. I'm not done yet. Okay, almost done. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Thank you, but no, that's fine. Thank you. Sorry, Seth Rebus, everybody. <laughs> Mom is plugging um, her socials right now. Yes. Yes. So he's he's trying to help me plug my socials, and. Yeah, you could, okay. you, yeah, like I said, you, you uh, could find Amanda at Amandalorian on Instagram. Yes, indeed. And of course, um, some of my recommendations. So I'm going back for an oldie but goodie that I love to watch over the holidays, and it is The Bishop's Wife. So go on to wow. seven, I think is when it came out. Takes place in New Jersey. Favorite, yes. Yes. Yeah, so one of my favorite movies that's it's on my Christmas list every year to watch. Cary Grant, Loretta Young, David oh, Niven. I, I thought it was um, the Whitney Houston version. I that's apologize. Still good too. That is still really good too. But I love the OG 
the bishop's wife and it is so good Cary Grant is so charming in this but this this the show stealer is as great as Cary Grant and David Niven are the show stealer Loretta Young she is just iconic in this role and just I love her look everything about this movie it it warms my heart up it starts off my holiday season so that and of course Muppet Christmas Carol right after that for me so because I love that one too I'm I, even though I have my son it's like I watch it by myself too because I it's, it's just such it's so great um so that's that's my holiday recommendation and for on the anime front um this last episode if you are a bleach fan uh, this last episode you guys for those who've read the uh, thousand year uh, war arc of the bleach manga we got kenpachi guys that's all i'm gonna say you know what i'm talking about if y'all watched it so um one of kenpachi's iconic moments this week and yeah so please watch that on hulu it's great um and then again watch the bishop's wife it's a great holiday film um and just to plug pop break social media check us out every single day thepopbreak.com we're winding down our year we're gonna have plenty of best ofs and lists and all sorts of great stuff um so yeah check us out thepopbreak.com every single day of course on instagram and twitter at the pop break so next week our holiday spectacular kicks off we are going back to 1978 and amanda myself and a crew a motley crew of star wars fans will be talking about the 1978 star wars holiday special and i have no idea what i'm getting myself into this is i've heard it's the worst thing in the world and i'm i'm, I'm here for it amanda's like i've already seen it it's terrible um uh, so yeah till then and then, of course, Ben will be rejoining us at some point because he's Mr. Mr. He's got the gold jacket. He'll at least be back for our socially distanced awards for 2022. So until then, uh, enjoy this pre-Christmas season. And uh, hopefully you like Willow, I guess. Bye.